a second letter. Welcome to a bonus day in this Turn the Page Bible experience. We finished the letter Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, but it's not the only correspondence Tychicus and Onesimus carried to the city. Paul also sent a letter to one particular individual in Colossae. This letter is what we know as the short New Testament book of Philemon. Philemon was a key member of the Colossian church. In fact, the church met in his home. He is one of the few people in Colossae that Paul seems to know personally. Most likely, Philemon had become a Christ follower after hearing Paul preach the gospel in the nearby city of Ephesus. Reading between the lines in this brief correspondence, we can deduce the situation. Philemon owned a slave by the name of Onesimus. Yes, he's the same Onesimus who is carrying this letter. As we learned earlier this week, a society without slavery would have been unimaginable to the people in the first century. To us, the notion of a human being owning another human being is abhorrent. To them, slaves were viewed as necessary to the operation of a household, in a way similar to how we might view electricity. Try to imagine getting rid of electricity in your home. That's how first century households viewed slavery. At some point, however, Onesimus had run away. That in itself was a capital offense. But it's also likely that Onesimus would have stolen money or valuables from Philemon in order to survive. At some point, Onesimus had met Paul, most likely in the same nearby city of Ephesus where Philemon had met the apostle. Onesimus found his way back to God and became close friends and ministry partners with Paul which brings us to the purpose of this letter. The past couldn't just be swept away. Paul is sending Onesimus back to be reconciled with Philemon. But what is his true aim in this reunion? Philemon 1 through 25. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me, so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel, but I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. 
He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So, if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Living it out. Anyone who thinks the Bible condones slavery doesn't understand the subversive nature of Paul's writings. True, Paul doesn't set out to abolish slavery, something that couldn't even be conceived of in that day. And yet, he delicately, personally, and passionately challenges Philemon not only to welcome Onesimus back without penalty, but to set him free. Every societal pressure in that day would have been against what Paul is suggesting. After all, if runaway slaves were rewarded with freedom, wouldn't every slave make a run for it? Philemon might incur the wrath of all his neighbors and friends if he follows through with Paul's suggestion. And yet, Paul does not hold back in challenging Philemon to view Onesimus in a new light. Think back to the household codes we read at the beginning of the week. Remember the central revolutionary truth in Paul's code was that in Christ, everyone was now on the same level. Masters are no longer above slaves. Christ alone holds ultimate authority and every person is responsible directly to him. In many ways, what Paul is doing in this short letter to Philemon is challenging him to live out the instructions he gave in his letter to the Colossians. Would Philemon put off the old self with its attitudes and ways? Colossians 3, 5-11 Would he put on the new self clothed in compassion, kindness, and forgiveness? Colossians 3, 12-14 Though the circumstances are drastically different, Every day we are faced with the same questions. Will we merely read God's word and take note of his commands? Or will we let his word transform us and live it out? We don't know what Philemon chose to do. But here's an interesting historical note. The second bishop in the church at Ephesus in the first century was a man named Onesimus. While there is no way to verify it, it is not impossible that he was the same man who carried this letter to Philemon. However this story played out in the first century of Colossae, may we be people who do not merely listen to the word, but people who live it out. Reflection Questions How will you live out what you learned during this turn-the-page Bible experience? Take some time in the next few days to review Colossians and Philemon asking God to show you how to live it out.